My name is Brianna, and I welcome you to the Tales of Adventure, a D&D podcast like no other. My name is R.J. Cresswell, and I play Rufa Brastrecki, a chaotic good level 20 mountain dwarf who's an illusionist smuggler from the Earl Kettle clan. And uh, I play that not on a stream or on a podcast. It's just kind of like a, a local game that I have with some friends. But you can find me being the dungeon master for the Grimwood Saga, which is kind of like my quirky D&D 5th edition actual play stream. And you can find that on twitch.tv slash RJ Cresswell. That's C-R-E-S-S-W-E-L-L. In addition to that, you can find me on Twitter at RJ underscore Cresswell, where I just post a lot about D&D. I am a teacher. I run a D&D club. Last year, my D&D club had uh, over 50 students. I probably introduced 100 and something students to D&D, and it's uh, pretty fun. I really enjoy the game. Hey guys, Brianna here with a quick message for all of you lovely members of the TTRPG community. We have a group of friends who needs your help. Go on Twitter and check out Homebrew Queens at, at @homebrewqueens and see what you can do to help these lovely ladies bring their father back to the table. Let's show them what community is all about. And I don't think that alcohol is going to drink itself, especially not if you keep staring at it. You know, you're probably right. Uh, it's been a little while since I've had a drink. Uh, would you care to join me? Sure. You look like you could use someone to talk to. You've got a lot going on in your mind. You know, you're not uh, exactly wrong about that. Uh, yeah, please uh, take a seat. And uh, if you will uh, permit me, I'll uh, I'll order a drink for you. Uh, barkeep, if you don't mind, could you bring over... Uh, what, what, what would you have, actually? I'll take a minute and put it on my tab. All right. Who, who are you, by the way? My name is Isra. You are? Uh, Isra. I am Rufa Brastrecki. Pleased to meet your acquaintance. Pleasure to meet you as well. I believe I've heard of that name before. You know, it's uh, possible. I don't uh, consider myself much of a braggart, but uh, I am uh, somewhat, uh, some might call a hero, perhaps, you know? I've done things here or there uh, that have led people to be uh, fairly gracious uh, towards me. You know, I've uh, been kind of running around all over the realms trying to warn people. Uh, I'm actually kind of a little bit on the mission to uh, save the world here, you know, if you can believe that. Actually, part of why I'm here, I'm not a big fan of worlds and things, so I like to come and see what's going on, who's there trying to save it, and what I can do to help. Yeah, well, you know, uh, that uh, that's a little bit uh, relieving to hear. Uh, you kind of had uh, me a little nervous there for a bit when you said that's why you're here. You know, it seems like uh, everywhere I go, there's uh, someone, uh, someone that uh, wants to end my life. And, uh, 
you know, I try to talk to them most of the time and I tell them, you know, you don't want to do that because uh, everyone who tries this, you know, winds up dead. So, you know, I don't like making threats against people and things like that, but I like to let them know, you know, who they're messing with uh, here. It's, uh, it's not a wise move. So, uh, you know, it's good to hear that you're not here for that the reason. So I appreciate that. It'd be nice to just have a drink for once, I think. I have no intention of killing you, though the fact that many do is a good sign that you're doing the hero thing, right? Yeah, I guess so, you know. It uh, kind of started a while ago, actually. But it uh, must be years at this point. It's, you know, I'm not uh, so sure if you're familiar with the Cultists of the Void, but uh, they are a pretty persistent lot. I guess it could have to do with the fact that I have been persistent in trying to foil uh, their plots and schemes. So uh, I guess we're probably thorns in one another's side, more or less. But yeah, they just uh, they show up here. And they're uh, bringing along their foul and fell minions. And uh, it's just, it's it's much to deal with. Very much to deal with. So, how did you get started on this journey? Well, you know, I'm kind of originally uh, from the spine of the world, if you know that the region, uh, up in the Frost Hills, kind of near the, the fourth peak, a, a place called uh, Mithril Hall. My family's from there. We're all uh, part of the Earl Kettle clan. And uh, my family, they're really brewers by trade. And, uh, you know, I grew up uh, learning that trade. And, uh, you know, it is a very honorable and decent trade. But, you know, I kind of wanted to get out and uh, see the world a little bit. And I've always been told I'm kind of a likable fella. So, you know, they just sort of sent me out as kind of like a, a salesperson, you know, just to kind of like go and push our uh, steel shield uh, stout uh, out to different uh, areas in the, in the realms. And, uh, you know, I just kind of uh, I started with that, just kind of going here and there, uh, trying to get the various inns and taverns to uh, stock uh, this uh, steel shield stout and uh, eventually I kind of made my way to uh, Waterdeep uh, which is a pretty lovely city if you uh, discount the fact that they they are very uh, particular in the way that uh, things are done there and I uh, kind of ran a little bit afoul of the Brewers Guild there and uh, you know they just don't really take kindly to you coming in and trying to uh, Talk, you know, various ales and stouts and what have you uh, without going through them and gotten a little bit of legal trouble. And I guess things just kind of went a little sideways there because, I don't know, uh, people started throwing around uh, words like a uh, smuggler and stuff like that. Then, uh, you know, I just never really considered myself much of a criminal, actually. But Waterdeep uh, was a fairly profitable place. And I mean, who can turn down those dragons, you know? That's true. It's very difficult to turn down a dragon. You tend to get angry when you try. <laughs> right. But uh, being that we're uh, kind of in uh, Kalimport right here, I don't know if you're familiar, but uh, over in uh, Waterdeep, they uh, they have these uh, coins and they're uh, made of gold and they call them the dragons. So, you know, talking about the uh, gold, actually, you know, it's just uh, too profitable to give up on. So, uh so I, uh, you know, I kept uh, bringing in uh, the Steel Shield uh, Stout and uh, again, uh, just kind of ran a little bit of foul of the law. But eventually, you know, I just decided that uh, things were getting a little too hot there. 
So I uh, kind of just started uh, traveling a little bit uh, more. And uh, eventually I found myself in a place uh, called uh, Long Saddle, trying to, you know, seek out some opportunities there, uh, getting uh, more business for the family business, as it were. And uh, just, you know, uh, wasn't there for long. And uh, they had some issues with this. And this time I am really actually talking about the dragon, this uh, kind of a younger, much younger uh, dragon. Actually, it's uh, pretty similar to my friend over here, Asker. A uh, younger uh, red dragon, not nearly as pleasant as Asker is here, but uh, really just kind of coming in, demanding uh, tribute, uh, injuring people and what have you. And uh, I just banded together with uh, some of the locals. And, you know, I'm uh, from up near Mithra Hall and pretty much everybody knows how to swing a Warhammer there. So uh, we just kind of defeated uh, this dragon. It uh, perished and... Uh, you know, I even kept a little uh, keepsake from it. This little thing around my neck here is actually a, a vial of uh, Red's uh, Dragon's Blood. And I spent a little more time in Long Saddle, and uh, I met the, this uh, man named uh, Olin Harple. And, you know, he recognized my prowess with the Warhammer, but also said he saw something else, an intelligence in my eyes. And he began kind of training me in the way of his uh, family's arts. And uh, he was an illusionist. They called him Olin the Illusionist. And uh, I just began kind of studying with him. You know, I could already uh, read and write and things like that. And uh, he began teaching me various runes and sigils. And, you know, we started off with some fairly simple spells. And uh, eventually uh, he recognized the promise in me and we continued the training. And, and well, one thing led to another and I became a wizard. I did notice you have the magical air about you. Also, your companions kind of gave that away. All right. Uh, yes. You know, as I mentioned already, my little dragon friend here, that's Asker. And, um, you know, this is uh, Chloe. Chloe uh, is a griffin, but uh, Chloe is a little bit uh, different. Chloe actually is kind of a magical creature. I can uh, call her forth. I have this little figurine. It's this brass and it looks just like her. And I speak a word, and it actually turns into a griffin. And, you know, when I come into a place like this, I like to kind of surround myself uh, with uh, protection. Because, as I said, you know, people tend to seek me out to do me harm. And currently, my other friends are not here right now. This big fellow over here, he's what some call a shield guardian. I call him Stethy. He's uh, saved my hide on uh, more than one occasion. You can better believe that. And, uh, you know, I know it's not entirely polite to have animals at the table, but uh, never mind Alga here. Uh, Alga's just uh, going to sit here eating uh, their peanuts, you know. Uh, oh, I don't mind at all. All right. Well, that's, that's good to know. It's good to know. Just as long as it keeps in mind that my finger is not the peanut. <laughs> uh, right, right. Well, you know, as I mentioned with... Uh, Chloe, Alga's another kind of a magical creature, and they don't actually need to eat. They just kind of like to do it. So I, I don't think they're going to bother you at all, you know? It's good. So you mentioned there's world-ending events going on. You've mentioned about the cult. How did you first get involved with fighting them? Well, I mean, I guess that story kind of goes back a little while, too, you know? Uh, kind of after I did this training with Olin Harple, uh, eventually I met up with one of my older friends uh, from back in Mithril Hall. 
He goes by the name of Quint Jr. Uh, he's a pretty, pretty nice fella. He's a, a warrior, a performer.、Uh, got a little bit of some anger issues, but、uh, more or less a fairly nice guy. And we just kind of began traveling together. We'd kind of go from place to place, earning coin. He'd do some performing, you know, feats of strength, fighting people, things like that. I'd continue. You know,、uh, again, people use the word smuggling.、Uh, I call it、uh, entrepreneurship, and I continue, you know, making some coin by、uh, getting、uh, our stout here and there.、Uh, and we just went around from place to place, and eventually, we just kind of recruited a few others to join us. There's a whisper. Uh, whispers, uh, well, actually, whisper looks a good bit like Alga there, but the、uh, bigger. Uh, more like a person.、Uh, they're、uh, pretty good with fighting people without the weapons. Really good for protection, actually. Pretty good because when you're unarmed, it's it helps to have someone who can fight that way. Exactly. Yes, and、uh, Whispers are、uh, really pretty good at it. And then there's Aradin.、Uh, he's a pretty nice elfish、uh, fella. He's a bit of a woodsman. Pretty capable when it comes to kind of like tracking and. Getting about through the wilderness and things like that, and basically we just kind of started、uh, our own convoy service.、Uh, we just kind of put ourselves out there for like protecting caravans. You know, we called ourselves the wagon guard, and、uh, we just picked up jobs here and there. You know, and uh, uh, there's a good bit of coin to be made in that, especially when people have、uh, valuable things that they're trying to transport from. Village to hamlet or city or town or things like that. They're willing to place pay some、uh, pretty good coin. That they are definitely good. If you're running a little low, run one of those jobs, then you have food, some shelter, and it's a good way to make money. And it's pretty quick sometimes, depending on where you're going.、Uh, yeah, for sure. Well, it、uh, definitely led us places. I mean.、Uh, It was、uh, so profitable、uh, that at some point、uh, we bought ourselves our own inn, called it the Leering Star, and、uh, we kind of、uh, got the pretty invested in it. But then our travels just continued taking us further. You know, prior to that happening, though,、uh, you know, I met a very uh, nice uh, woman, Helgret.、Uh, she became my wife.、Uh, we have a we have a little little bit the uh, uh, baby uh, Rufa, but、uh, his name is Gimgren. And、uh, anyway, my wife was a silversmith by trade, and eventually just kind of like took over the tavern forces as we continued on doing our convoy work. Eventually, that led us to a place called Fandolin, and in Fandolin, we were working for this fella who had us、uh, transporting some magical goods, some goods of a magical nature. And we just kind of got wrapped up in this thing where the townmaster we had discovered that they were taken captive, and not only were they taken captive, they were、uh, taken captive along with our benefactor. And you know, fortunately, we were able to save the、uh, townmaster. Unfortunately, our benefactor perished. We were not able to save him in time.、Uh, turns out he had、uh, been captured by these cultists of the void. And they had sacrificed him. Now, our benefactor was a magical person by nature, a gnomish wizard by the name of Fizbin. They'd ended up sacrificing him to call forth some minions, some things that were unspeakable horrors—tentacles and eye core and dead eyes everywhere. 
nasty business, really, if you can believe it. Sounds like an absolute nightmare. I'm sorry you lost someone you're close to for that. Right. It was absolutely horrible. And the things, again, I could not even begin to describe them in the way where you could actually imagine how terrible they were. But we did end up felling the ones who were summoned. But since then, me and my compatriots have kind of gotten wrapped up in foiling this cult of the void. We kind of followed them here and there, searching for different leads, and eventually made our way to this place called Luskin. Did some research there. Found out there's this thing called the Arcane Brotherhood, and, well, the Arcane Brotherhood is not really part of this plot, but... One of their members had gone rogue. He's a woman by the name of Lasora Bloodwine. That's an interesting last name. I thought so as well, you know, but uh, even more interesting is the person. Uh, Interesting for how horrible they were, actually. Responsible for many murders and deaths related to this cult is they're trying to harness some kind of power by bringing forth the god of the void to the prime material plane. That's a terrible idea. I thought it was a terrible idea too. Pretty darn terrible. I do believe. And uh, I'm not going to invoke their name here. We'll just call them the unnamed or the unspoken. Because every time we've seemed to have invoked their name, someone shows up and means us harm, as I've mentioned. So we've just, we've learned kind of not to speak anything about them. But we've kind of been on this, this trail to foil them from bringing this god to our realm. It's a thing to work towards. People bringing back gods is never a good sign. It's always a giant pain in the ass. Yeah, well, it's been that for me pretty much. You know, I'm a dwarf, as you can tell, and I'm from Mithra Hall, and we venerate more than there. And... I know the gods exist because by this point I've met the couple. And I wouldn't call myself a religious man. Like I said, I know they exist. But uh, most of them are uh, they are pretty much jerks. <laughs> You're not wrong. It's like they say, never to meet your heroes. It's true with the gods. Uh, right. You know, I've never met more than yet. Uh, I mean, perhaps more than is pretty great. I don't know. But the ones I've met, they've not been so great. You know, mostly due to their indifference. You know, I can't believe that you could really speak to a god that's not evil. And they don't really care anything about, you know, our reality or our world being changed, you know, for the worst. It's kind of disheartening to hear that uh, your gods have more or less abandoned you. And you're left to your own devices to kind of save it as you will or won't. Like they lose perspective, they forget what it is like, and I guess as far as they are concerned, the world has changed, so as long as there's still someone there to worship them, they don't care, and it's not like anything can hurt them, just as far as they're concerned. Well, you know, I mean, they might take that opinion, but uh, I've kind of learned that gods can be hurt as well. They're not uh, completely omnipotent. I mean, I'm here in Calimporta because 
we've gone into the Kalim Desert uh, once already, and we plan to return there again. Uh, first time we ventured out into the Kalim Desert, uh, we sought out the Sphinx by the name of Perserinix. And we were trying to kind of figure out what is one way, what is one weapon, what is one thing that we could do to defeat this god of the void. And Perserinix did not uh, work for free. We ended up having to undertake a quest to retrieve feathers from a dark phoenix. She sent us across time and space into the void, actually. And we defeated this creature and brought it back. And we learned that within the Kalim Desert, there's a place known as the Temple of Bones. And within the Temple of Bones, there resides the body, the remains of a former hero known as Minios. And we're to go there to extract the essence of Minios. It seems that uh, once upon a time, Minios had also tangled with this void god and defeated them, though not slew them. So apparently, if we can retrieve this essence of Minios, it will empower us to fight this god and defeat it, perhaps. And that is where you join me now, on the eve of setting out for the Temple of Bones with my compatriots to see if we can find Minios and retrieve their essence for defeating this god. You've got quite the task ahead of you. There are no others aside from you and your friends seeking to stop this god. No, no others that I know, and it's not for lack of trying. Again, we have appealed to various deities and celestials uh, not to mention going from Waterdeep to Tribor to just all of these various places, trying to raise the alarm with people and let them know this horrible thing is about to fall upon the Faerun. And it's almost as if, you know, you go tell someone that an evil god is about to invade the world and, and just uh, really wreak a lot of havoc. They look at you kind of like you're crazy and uh, don't believe you very much, you know? An unfortunate reality. Most people have strange beliefs when it comes to the gods, and they refuse to believe the world is in danger until it's literally on fire around them. Right. Well, I believe that uh, people are beginning to, you know, wake up a little bit. I mean, I'm sure you've noticed the changes recently. Something has happened. Something has shifted. The world is taking on more muted tones, and there's a bit more depression and people just don't seem to have very much of this lust or zeal for life anymore you know it's been that way for a little bit and i know that some recognize that something's wrong they're just not quite sure what it is but i'm convinced that it has to do with these cultists and this void god yes when the void starts taking over as voids do they suck everything in they destroy and consume everything right which brings me back to my mission at hand and the way you find me here i'm at a loss i mean i know i know what we have to do 
you know, but what does it mean when you defeat a God, you know, if that happens, you know, I have a wife, I have a child, do I return to them, or am I forever lost in this void, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm a pretty positive thinker, I think, you know, but uh, even this Paul that has uh, come across the world is, is, is falling over me as well. You are one of the few that truly knows the stakes and what could be lost. It makes sense that you're feeling this way. No easy thing to go up against something so vast and so unknown and have no idea what could become of you and those you cared about. Right. And that's what you find me here thinking about, you know? The positive thing is, the more of this ale that I have, the better that I feel <laughs> going into this battle. Perhaps, perhaps even as soon as tomorrow. So, huh? I've uh, spoken a good bit about myself, and I, I feel that's uh, it's kind of rude. You've been very nice to listen to me ramble on to my story. Uh, what was it again that brought you here? I heard that there's a possibility of the world ending, and I to come make sure that doesn't happen. I've seen what happens when something comes to destroy the world and people don't stand up in time. I'm glad to have met you, because you and your friends, you're already you've been fighting to save the world for probably longer than you may realize. So there may be hope for this world. Well, you know, I certainly I do certainly hope so. We've got a bit of a plan. You know, I've uh, fought uh, many things before. Many strange, unusual, and horrible things. Uh, I've never quite, never quite tangled with a god. I have tangled with some of their minions. Uh, I've even tangled with celestials if they tried to impede us before in our mansion. But uh, yeah, I, I do have hope. The people that I travel with, they're a bit rough around the edges. But they are very capable in the things that they do. And uh, we have a plan. We have a plan. And uh, as I said, in spite of everything that's going on, and, you know, me feeling a little bit dejected, I am, I am optimistic. I am positive, And I think, I think that we will come through this yet. I'm sure you will, because I imagine you all have a lot to fight for. We do. We do. I mean... As I mentioned, I do have my wife and my child, uh, and as I said earlier, you know, uh, I speak uh, pretty plainly. Over my travels, I've become a fairly, uh, I've become a fairly wealthy individual, and uh, you know, my wife, my child, and my businesses—it's—it's uh, it's a lot that I would like to hold on to. Imagine so. And I'm sure you will be able to once you save the world and all. Yes, you know, uh, I suppose it couldn't hurt to invoke a god in spite of the things that, that I've, I've said about the ones that I have met so far. So uh, let's raise a tanker, then perhaps uh, toast uh, and hope that I have uh, more than blessing upon this eve of battle. I can agree to that. Well, I couldn't help but notice something. I didn't know if you were going to mention it, but I'm more perceptive than most when it comes to magic. Part of your story I'd be interested to hear. You can probably guess what it is. Well, 
yeah, you know, I think that I might have an idea. You seem like a fairly perceptive individual, and and certainly, um, and please don't uh, take this. I hope I'm not being impolite, but but uh, much stranger than most that I have met before. I've been called worse. <laughs> Keen on uh, certain uh, details. Yes, as I mentioned, I am a wizard. I'm not just a wizard. I've grown to be a pretty powerful wizard. And, uh, you know, I set out learning illusions, thinking that they might help me, you know, fool authorities here and there. But uh, I could not have imagined that when I began training with Olin Harple, that I would learn how to reshape reality to a certain extent. I learned one spell that allows me to change a person or a thing's form. And, uh, you know, again, I hate if anyone would consider me a braggart, but uh, I am quite literally not just a roof of brass drecky, a mountain dwarf. I'm quite literally an ancient brass dragon. <laughs> now, I, I didn't start out as a dragon, but I learned how to take their form, and I've acquired it and it's become kind of a permanent thing and i've used it in battle and it's it's very powerful fortunately however uh, i don't have to remain that way they possess an ability that uh, allows them to kind of shape change so you know this form is pretty comfortable to me it's what i've lived in for all of my life really until recently but uh, yes if that's what you're talking about not just a mere uh, dwarvish fella here. I'm quite literally a dragon. A very big dragon. It's not every day I get to have a conversation with an ancient brass dragon who wasn't born an ancient brass dragon. Right. Pretty so, how does your wife feel about this? Well, my travels have kind of taken me uh, far afield from my family. And I haven't actually been able to let her know this yet. So I'm not uh, sure how she's going to feel about it. Uh, I guess if I save the world and this helps, uh, she's probably going to be pretty okay with it, more or less. Uh, and the fact that I can look like myself, uh, I mean, you know, I don't have to walk around like a dragon. You know, I can stay like this pretty much uh, all the time. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't really know how she feels yet. We'll see. We'll have that conversation, hopefully, sometime soon. It's not so much her that I'm worried about, but uh, little Gimgren, you know? Uh, he's, he's a pretty young fella still. I don't, uh, don't, don't know that he uh, is going to comprehend that his uh, daddy is a dragon, you know? Honestly, if you can comprehend it, you're going to become the coolest dad ever. Ever in his eyes. <laughs> Not only did you save the world, you're a dragon. Right, you know. It's a pretty good story when you think about it. Uh, I hope that I get to tell it to little Gimran soon. I'm sure you will. So, what is this plan of yours that you have for you're going to destroy the god that is trying to destroy the world? Well... Throughout our travels, we have acquired a few items that uh, perhaps can help us with this. My friend, the kind of 
bird fellow. I referred to them as a whisper. They acquired the, this staff. Now, we have spoken to some scholars who call it the Staff of the Magi. And, you know, it contains very powerful magics within it. And the scholar that uh, we spoke to about this told us that you can use this staff to call forth the many spells to aid you. But if the staff were ever to get broken, it would result potentially in a very powerful explosion. And they also said that the staff is limited in its power. Once you've used the spells, they're gone. And the more spells that this staff has stored inside of it, the more powerful it is if it were to be broken. So our plan, more or less, is to break this staff upon this god, unleashing whatever power it might hold. And beyond that, we've done a little bit of research on this god, and we've kind of learned sort of how it fights and the methods it uses. And one of my other friends, the ranger that I was speaking about, Eredin, is in possession of a luck blade. And, you know, I always grew up hearing about wishes, and I didn't really believe it till I became a wizard. And if you can believe it or not, this is an ability that I have. I can grant wishes. But what we hope to do is in battle, we hope to use one of those wishes to make us immune to the attacks of this god so that we're protected by it. We hope to break the staff upon it. And then beyond that, I've learned this very powerful spell where I can capture someone within kind of this prismatic field. And it has a field of fire and lightning and force and every layer that you pass through wreaks unspeakable damage upon your body. So we hope to break this staff, make this wish, and encapsulate it and hold it still as we unleash what remaining force we have upon it. So... Sounds like a very solid plan there. It is, it is a plan. It's something to work with. And I do feel confident about it. Again, we've been traveling together for... Well, like I said, at this point, it's years. And one thing that I know about my compatriots, they're made of stern stuff. And we've fallen before, but none of us have been slain. So I got to think that we made it to this point for a reason, you know. Faith is not the thing that I particularly believed in, but something has brought us here. It has a funny way of directing your steps, even when you don't believe in it. Also has a really good sense of humor. No kidding. Hey, perhaps tomorrow you save the world, and then the day after you celebrate, and then you return home and tell your wife and son the story. Thought about what you'll do once the world has been saved. If we are able to save the world, and I think we will. I think at that point I will have earned a good bit of a respite. It's been a while since I've seen my wife and my child, and I intend to return to them and uh, perhaps put my staff up and 
hang my robe and enjoy time with them. Perhaps, maybe even spend a little time working in the tavern with my wife. That sounds like it could be pleasant. And I'm sure that, you know, at some point I will, I will go restless again. But I've seen much of the world and I've experienced uh, many things. I will be content, I think, to, to be still for a while, to be home for a while. Perhaps to make a home for a while. I have my family, but I can't say that I ever really settled there. It would be nice to make a home. When you go into the fight tomorrow, remember that. Remember what you're fighting for. I'm sure you will be victorious. Better without the gods' help. Hopefully with. That time I try to actually do something useful for once. Yes, hopefully it uh, will be with their help, but... uh... If not, we will be there. We will be there. And you'll be there to save the world. Yes, we will. Ufa gets up to leave and Estrus just says, The fight is going to be much easier than you realize. And when he turns around to respond, she's just gone. Tales of Adventure is directed and produced by me, Brianna Toybert, as part of Pseudonym Social, a creative podcast network. The music is by Patrick Chester of Chester Studios. To see more of his work, visit his website at chesterstudios.net. Find out more about Pseudonym Social by visiting our website at pseudonymsocial.wordpress.com. If you like what I'm doing and would like to support this podcast, please go to patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial and choose one of the tiers connected to Tales of Adventure. You can also leave a review on iTunes to make our show easier to find for those who need it.
time is valuable. Here at Dungeon Digressions, we encourage you to make every second count. Why spend minutes of your life listening to epic adventures, exploring new worlds, and getting lost in amazing story arcs and relatable character growth when you could be doing your daily routine every day, all day? Who especially wants to hear a bunch of gnomes chaotically traversing the world? They're filthy, whiny, don't understand magic, and are just seen as ugly kids. We're not kids. At least spend your precious moments listening to another fine podcast like this one you currently enjoy. Good choice. And ignore this tumultuous group of gnomes guaranteeing their deathy fate. Well done. Don't listen. No matter what. DungeonDigressions.com.